Please be seated. The Bible is a collection of history, prophecy, poetry, teaching, and stories. Many of the stories of the heroes in the Bible, like Samson or David and Goliath or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, stories that we know a lot about, many of those stories we have a difficult time identifying with. But some stories carry us into that world because we can identify with the characters. We feel what they feel, and we have experienced what they have experienced. These are stories of brokenness, love, and redemption. The story of us. The very, very first Easter was experienced by many different people, and each person has a unique story to tell. One such person who tradition tells us was a prostitute was Mary of Magdala, or Mary Magdalene. Today, we're going to join her in her story of brokenness, love, and redemption. Let's welcome Mary Magdalene. My name is Mary Magdalene, and I was a prostitute. I hadn't always wanted to be a prostitute. It just sort of happened. Um, as a child, I was raped and abused by my father, and in his drunken state, he also gave me to his friends. I soon came to find myself only good for one thing, and I hated it. I hated men. I distrusted men. Soon, no one would have anything to do with me. And I only had one means of support, one way to take care of myself. And I did all right, I guess, but with each day and each night, my soul, it grew duller and duller as life had long lost its meaning. In the marketplace, I would see rich religious men, men who would openly oppose me, only to use me in private. Such hypocrisy was beyond my comprehension, and it only added to my distrust for men. Crowds, crowds were quite common in Jerusalem, and one had gathered one day much larger than I had seen before, and this was the day that I saw the man that I would know as Jesus. He was sitting in the middle of the crowd, surrounded by children, children on his lap, and he was teaching something. I, I couldn't hear, I was towards the back of the crowd. And then, then he, he looked at me. I, I must have been mistaken, who would look at me? I turned to see if there was anybody behind me, but there was no one. He was looking at me. And there was something, there was something in his eyes. And he stood and he came towards me and I wanted to run with my fear of men. It just gripped my heart and I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. There was something, there was something in his eyes. But, but what was it? Was it love? 
Was it love in his eyes? Love for me? Impossible. Mary Magdalene, the prostitute? Did he know that I was a prostitute? Did he know what I had done? He didn't know me, so how could he love me? But somehow, I knew that he knew me, and he still loved me. He walked right through the crowd until we were face to face, and I fell to my knees, and I cried, and I cried until I could cry no more. And then, then he said the most beautiful words I had ever heard in my entire life. Mary, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And I was changed. I was a new person. All my bitterness, my pain, my guilt, gone from the very depths of my soul. I was changed from the inside. I was changed in an instant. And there was more change to come. I began following Jesus, listening to his teachings, helping him when I could. I helped with lines of people at a time, hundreds, as they came to him for help. And I, Mary Magdalene, was changing. I began to have that same love, that same compassion that Jesus had for them. I wanted to give to them. I wanted to free them. I wanted everyone in the whole world to know the Jesus who had so changed my life. And instead of despising those who were much like myself, the sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, scum, I had the same compassion that Jesus had for them. I felt what they felt. I longed for them to have this experience, the same change that I had. And somehow, I also had the ability to love them too. Yes, Mary Magdalene has changed, completely changed. Oh, what glorious days those were of wonder and awe. Jesus healing the diseased, the lame to walk, the blind to see, casting out demons. He even fed the hungry and ever confounding those hypocritical Pharisees as they ran in humiliation. But you know something? He also loved them too. Oh, I was changed by his presence, changed by his voice, his teachings. His teachings were like scrolls unrolling right before my very eyes with each word that he spoke. Ah, I had loved Jesus like I had never loved before, nor had I known existed. Because of his acceptance, his love, his forgiveness, I was changed. God was no longer that angry, condemning father I knew him to be, but now that kind, benevolent, loving father, which I had never had. I, Mary Magdalene, was clean and pure from the inside out. Oh, those two and a half years, they were so precious to me. But then, then everything changed. In one week's time, the crowds that had so loved Jesus, taken in his word, called him prophet, teacher, even whispered Messiah. In one week's time, a metamorphosis took place. The people had changed or been incited by those of the temple rulers who only expressed vengeful hatred towards Jesus. Certainly they didn't know Jesus. They must have had the wrong person. 
oh, it hurt me so much. My Lord, my Savior, hated by so many for no reason. And Jesus, Jesus did nothing about it. Suddenly, events began spiraling out of control. It was crazy. Jesus was put on trial in the middle of the night. Last I heard, he was celebrating Passover with the 12. Now on trial in front of Pilate the very next morning. Oh, and there was, we couldn't even get any, clo any closer to him with the angry mobs that were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. How could they say such a thing about Jesus? <laughs> Jesus, the one who had loved me, even when I was a prostitute, who had talked to me, forgave me, the one who loved me for who I was, really was, the only man that loved me for who I really was. Ah, oh, change. How things change so quickly. In the days before the day was out, Jesus was outside Jerusalem and on the cross. He was crucified, the most horrible form of death. And there was nothing we could do about it. The 12, they had ran for their lives and hid. And all we could do was stand at a distance. This had to have been a dream, more like a nightmare. Oh, surely I would wake and find this all to be a bad dream. And then, and then it, it ended. After asking God to, um, to forgive the sins of the Roman executors, he said to his father, Father, I, into your hands I commit your spirit. And he was gone. All my hopes, my loves, gone. It's as if the Romans had ripped out my heart and nailed it to the stake. I might as well have died too. We saw where Jesus was buried, and then we went home. And I wept until I had no more tears left, and then I, I fell asleep. We couldn't go near the tomb uh, because it was the Sabbath, so it was our plan. Um, Mary, us, uh, Solomon, and I would go to the tomb the very next morning and anoint his body with spices and pay our last respects. We had no idea how we were gonna move the stone away from the tomb, but when we got there, to our surprise, it was gone. And I still can hardly believe what had happened next. I was the first to walk into the tomb, and when I got in there, Jesus was gone. And there was a man, he was standing at the end of the tomb, and he was clothed in white, and he said to me, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Go and tell Peter and the disciples. After giving the message to Peter and the others, I, and being made to feel like a hallucinating child, 
I made my way back to the garden tomb and I stood there weeping. Jesus was dead and now his body's stolen? <sighs> Through my tears, I, I saw a figure and the man said, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? I, th I thought it was the gardener. I mean, who else would be here at this ungodly hour? I said to him, sir, if you have taken him, please tell me where you have laid him and I will carry him away. I can't imagine what I would have done with the body. But then, then a voice came to me and just like it had before, and it was the most beautiful voice I had ever heard in my entire life. Mary. <laughs> it was Jesus. <laughs> he, I threw myself at his feet and I clung to his ankles. I had to touch what was unreal. I had to touch what was unbelievable but true. Jesus said, stop clinging to me, for I have not ascended to my Father. And go, tell my brethren that I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. I recited those words over and over again as I ran, my Father, your Father, my God, your God. <laughs> I was changed again. The most unbelievable facts had come to me. Jesus, the Son of God, must have loved me, had forgiven me. Me of all people, a sinner, an ex-prostitute, he appeared to me first, a special appearance, just for me. Oh, how he must have loved me, how he forgave me. He was dead, but now alive. He lived for me. How do you view God? Many people have the same view of God that Mary Magdalene had, an angry, vengeful God, a God who punishes sinners, a, a God who kind of steps on people who step out of line, people who do wrong things, a God to be feared, a, a God who makes us pay, a God who never will forgive. Or maybe it's just a God who doesn't care. He's way up there, we're way down here, and we don't matter, we're just kind of on our own. Our view of God. How do you view yourself? Many people view themselves like Mary Magdalene viewed herself. I'm, I'm not as bad as her, perhaps. I'm not a prostitute, but I've done some pretty bad things. I've messed up my life completely. I'm not sure God can even forgive me. I'm pretty worth, worthless, and no one seems to care if I live or die. I don't seem to matter to God. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. I'm not perfect, but there are a lot of people worse than me. I haven't done everything right, but hey, I'm, I'm okay. How do you view other people? Maybe you've seen hypocrites, people who say one thing and live another. It's possible that the person who treated you with the most disdain was a self-righteous religious hypocrite. There are just a few of those around. Mary experienced that kind of rejection. What is your view of truth? Some would say truth is relative, it's not knowable, or I, I have my truth and you have your truth. Mary viewed truth as a cruel taskmaster, an unreliable standard, 
a set of rules and regulations, boundaries, and if you step outside of the boundary, you get pushed out of the box and you become an outcast. How do you feel today about your life? Is it a cruel joke? Like Mary Magdalene, you've been dealt a losing deck of cards and you can't seem to, to win. Or if you are ambitious and successful, you reach the goals, but somehow it just doesn't mean anything. You have a vague sense of unease or emptiness. Why am I doing all of this, you ask? Can you identify with Mary in any of those ways this morning? I've been really bad. Or I've been pretty good. I'm just empty. A lot of people today feel that way about God. They feel that way about themselves. They feel that way about truth and, and about life. Well, Mary's views of God, herself, her view of other people, her view of truth and life, were turned upside down by this man called Jesus. Jesus has taught her that she mattered to God, that God loves people just as they are. God will meet people where they are. We can come to God as we are. We don't have to change first. He will change us just like he changed Mary. Jesus taught the truth, and that truth is not a cruel taskmaster, a set of rules and regulations, but truth is a revelation of God's character and his person, and it teaches us how to rate, relate to God personally. And when his truth is understood and embraced, it sets us free. Out of the truth flows the facts that we are valued by God no matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what other people think. And by the way, God loves hypocrites too. But hypocrites have nothing to do with your relationship with God. This is between you and God. God will forgive our past and give us a new start. After Jesus came back to life, he appeared to Mary first. First. What a statement of value and love. I'd like to share an illustration called The Bridge. It's the story of us. It illustrates the place Mary was and where all of us are or were. There's us and God. And we matter to God and he wants to have a relationship with us. But since we rebelled against God and chose to go our own way, we've broken off that relationship and there's a chasm or a gap between us and God. Most of us are aware of this, and we try to do things to get back to God, to reach God. We live a good life, try to be a helpful neighbor, go to church or give to charities, but and there's nothing wrong with all of those actions. But the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We cannot reach God with our own efforts or actions. And the sins we have committed have to be punished, and that punishment is death. Physical death as well as spiritual death or separation from God. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says. So God did for us what we could not do, and he built a bridge. He built a bridge back to himself. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you back to God. He took the action to bring us back. He built the bridge by sending Jesus. He paid our death penalty when he died on the cross. Now one last thing. 
It's not enough to just know these things, because many of us know these things. We have to take action by admitting and turning from our past turning to God. It's called repentance. We confess our sins, we ask for forgiveness, and cross over into relationship to God. Now, if I ask you this morning, where are you in this diagram, what would you say? Where would you like to be? You can cross from one side to the other with a simple prayer. Prayer is just talking with God. And I'm going to have a sample prayer put up there, and I'm going to pray it aloud. First, so you can see what the prayer is. It says, Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you were resurrected from the dead and live today. Forgive my sins, take charge of my life, and be my leader. If that prayer is something you want to pray, I'm going to pray it again aloud. I'm going to invite you to pray it silently in your heart as I pray it again. And if that expresses a desire of your heart to God, I encourage you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you were resurrected from the dead and live today. Forgive my sins, take charge of my life, and be my leader. Amen. Did you pray that prayer this morning, and did you mean it? That's the question. This is the message of Easter. It's the story of Mary Magdalene, her life change. It's the story of us. It can be your story as well. God took the first step to establish a relationship with you. Will you respond by accepting that gift from Jesus? Mary fell at Jesus' feet and talked about my Father and my God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves us, that you are a God who sent Jesus so that we could have that relationship restored. Father, we thank you that the story of Mary Magdalene is in the Bible so we can know that no matter where we started, we can end up in relationship with you, forgiven, clean, and righteous, and that we can be totally acceptable to you, the God of the universe, and you never stop looking and you never stop seeking for every one of us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that this would become a reality for those that have not known Jesus before and that they would have the courage to give their life to Jesus today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.